0: This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and
1: trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this
2: as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Marcus, and today's game will be pitting the warmer team of Josh and Mason versus warmer Eric Eed and a returning player. You know him, you love him. It's Neil Fisher from Triviality. Welcome back to the bench, Neil. Why don't you take a minute, remind us where you're from, what teams you root for, and anything else that's going on in your world.
3: Thank you, Marcus, for that lovely introduction. My name is Neil Fisher. I'm one of the hosts of the Triviality Podcast. You can hear me over there every week. i glad to be back. I had a wonderful time on the Home Field Advantage episode, which was all entertainment themed, so I wanted to do my best to uh, try regular game. I listen every week and wanted to see you know, how good I could actually be and uh, you know swim with the big boys, as they say. Um, coming from Chicago, Illinois, I'm a big uh, Chicago Bears fan. Excited when they hopefully change the name of Soldier Field to Soldier Fields. Uh, excited about Justin Fields and uh, <laughs> everyone here in Chicago is having a really hard time because uh, if you're from here, you know that uh, local fans always change the name of the players on the team. So it used to be Alshon Jeffries with an S, uh, just like John Gruden. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do here when Justin Fields is, is starting. I guess it'll just be Justin Field. Um, but uh, we're really excited about that. And uh, I'm also a huge uh, Australian Football League fan, uh, Collingwood Magpies, for a long, long time. And uh, have been uh, really uh, happy that a bunch of the bench warmers have uh, joined me in my fandom and excited to expose it to more people. So, I mean, I'm normally pantsless during the day anyway. So, any. More exposure I can give to people um is good in my book, so
2: pants are for the birds um Ed, how are you doing, and why don't you let us know what your and
4: Neil's team name is going to be? I'm doing better uh the day before his mother's day. I herniated a disc in my back and was laid up for like five days. Um, so I've been hearing from my wife now for like three days that I ruined Mother's Day because then she had to cook like breakfast for everybody that came over because I could not I couldn't stand up straight I looked like I was 85 years old and ended up in urgent care and just to tell me that I herniated a disc and didn't really do anything for me. Um, but five days later I can finally stand up and, you know, move and use the bathroom properly and not make a mess. Um But yeah, um, I'm going to kick it back over to Neil um, for our team name, because this is all his idea.
3: Yes. So uh, speaking of his herniated disc, uh, (laughs) I thought it was fitting that I would be uh, a teammate of him today because he's going to be carrying me on his back. So hopefully that disc will uh, will last. Uh, And also the song Stand Up by Ludacris about uh, recovering from a herniated disc. But our name today uh, is going to be footy related. And uh, we're both Collingwood Magpies fans. So we're going to be buys, tries and pies. (laughs)
2: All right. I didn't think that was going to get me, but it got me. All right. Uh, And Mason and Josh, uh, let us know how you guys are doing and what your team name is. I guess we'll start with Josh.
1: Uh, Life's here still kind of the same old, same old, you know, Uh, it's good that we're getting close to maybe things getting back to some uh, normalness and maybe get to go to some sporting events and things like that. Uh, Although of course I'd love to go to Australia and, uh, see some footy in person. Um, but that'll just have to wait for another time, I think. Uh, I don't think it's in my budget right now to, to hop on a plane uh, to Australia.
2: All right, Mason, how are you? And why don't you let us know what your team name is going to be?
5: I'm doing well. It's kind of been kind of a whirlwind the past uh, few weeks between graduating, getting a job, and getting a new apartment that I'm going to be moving into in the next month or so. So it all kind of came like at one time, which is amazing and yet terrifying at the same time. Um, and so our team name is somewhat inspired by that because I graduated at the time of the recording, I graduated a week ago. Um, and Josh and I are noted math fans on this podcast. Um, and so we tried going for a rhyme, which again kind of goes a little bit closer to Josh than me. Um, but our team name is math degrees and David Ortiz. All right. Well,
2: now that we've got that out of the way, let's kick it over to Dan for the rules.
0: We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway.
2: All right, it's time for the tailgate consisting of three warm-up questions with 10 points each. Question one. Everyone remembers the Steve Bartman incident, costing the Cubs a pennant in 2003. Moises Alou was the outfielder involved in the play, but who was pitching at the time? All right. We're going to check in. All right. Buys, tries, and pies have checked in. Math degrees and David Ortiz, you can talk it out.
1: I don't have much to say. So yeah, it was later in the game, so my initial thought was a reliever. I think it was like the eighth inning or something. I was like thinking
5: that. it's, yeah, I was thinking like seventh or eighth.
1: But I couldn't tell you any relievers off of that Cubs team. So do we want to try to come up with a starter and hope that maybe they were still in the game?
5: I mean, I could definitely see if it's a decent enough pitcher making it to the eighth. It's just a question of who's, who's not going to be on the,
1: on the Cubs. Then, you know, the couple names I could think of, and I don't know if they were both on the team or on the team still at that time would have been Carrie Woods and Mark Pryor. Yeah, Kerry Woods is the only one
5: I had, you know, like, definitely. I don't know when he ended in Chicago. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't either. Um, yeah, I've heard of Pryor. I just don't – I don't know his time frame, honestly. I can tell you that Mark Pryor was on their team at that time. I don't remember if he was still doing well before injury sidelined his career, really. Um, but Do you feel better about that than Kerry Wood? Only because I know he would have been on that team. Yeah. Like I can't pinpoint if Woods was definitely on that team or not. So that'd be the only reason why. Okay.
5: I'm, I'm fine with that. Cause I honestly, it could be someone completely different. I don't even have any idea.
1: We're going to hope it's not a relief pitcher because we couldn't come up with any, and we're going to check in with Mark Pryor buys, tries and pies. What did you guys have? Go ahead, Neil. This is your name.
3: Yeah. So I know in college, um, this was a huge deal. The playoffs, uh, our whole floor, you know, was pretty nuts about it. And uh, I was, wasn't like super into the Cubs, but I had been to a couple games and this was like Mark Pryor's um, really good year. Uh, I can't remember how many wins he had. I want to say it was like, you know, upper teens. Uh, and then after that, he kind of uh, was played with injuries. So we were talking between Mark Pryor um, who uh, I pretty sure started the game and Cal Farnsworth was the only relief pitcher that I knew um, that could have been in that game. But Um, we were kind of going back and forth. um, And uh, Eric, I think you said you felt a little bit more comfortable with Farnsworth, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that's what we checked in with.
2: One team is receiving points. The correct answer is Mark Pryor. Yes, so uh, Josh and Mason, you you couldn't think of a reliever, and I guess that worked out in your favor because (laughs) he did start the game. He had a three-hit shutout going into the eighth inning. You know, that play was with one out to make it two outs and they ended up giving up eight runs in that inning after the, after the Bartman incident. It's tragic. Yeah. it it, And really it's one pitch and you can't blame a guy for what everything that happened afterwards. I mean, you can, and they did, but yeah, he kind of got a bum rap for that, but yeah, three hit shutout. And then they ended up giving eight runs. They ended up losing and the misery continued for a few more years.
3: Yeah, I, I think it, it all came down to Moises not pissing on his hands that game. Probably he just didn't have the good <laughs> luck.
2: That's Yeah, you're right. 100%. It's <laughs> sterile. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to question two. What running back had the unenviable task of replacing the greatest football player of all time, Walter Payton, in Chicago, and quietly had a solid career as a four-time Pro Bowler after being drafted in the first round? All right, we're, we're going to check in. Pies, tries, and pies have checked in. Math degrees and David Ortiz, talk
5: it out. This is bothering me because I know I know this. I'm just trying to remember his name. Um, is it is it Neil Anderson? That sounds right. I knew it was like a generic ish name. I couldn't pinpoint.
1: Yeah, when you said the generic ish, that's where I started kind of going down some of those thoughts, and it led me to Neil Anderson. Yeah, that sounds right. Should we check in with uh, Neil Anderson?
5: Yep, sounds good. Check it in. All right. Buys, tries and
4: pies. What did you guys have? So Neil said that I'm going to be carrying him so far. He was he's he's right on both of these so far. So and I was wrong. So, uh, Neil, you can take this one again.
3: Yeah. When talking about Peyton, uh, you know, it's hard to kind of eclipse him as uh, the greatest running back of all time. But I believe on the depth chart who played with him uh, was a man whose real first name is, is Charles or as I like to call him Chuck. I believe he was a Gator. And I think his best season actually was the season he took over for Peyton. And then he kind of, he was good, but he he digressed from there. But we went with Neil Anderson. Both teams receiving
2: points. The correct answer is Neil Anderson. And yeah, his, uh, he had a, he had a couple of really good years, but uh, Peyton retired in 87, 87 season, and then 88 the year after uh, were the first of uh, the four straight Pro Bowls for uh, Neil Anderson. He went from 88 to 91, and yeah, he just had like a solid career. Like he was, he was good. And but when you're, you know, when you're replacing Walter Payton, it's kind of, you kind of get lost in the shuffle there.
3: I think his nickname was Savory, right? Because Payton was Sweetness. <laughs> should have been. I, I should have been. Mark.
2: Yeah, there you go. It should have been. Should have been. <laughs> a missed opportunity. Well, he
3: definitely
1: needed some <laughs> sort of nickname. you know Neil Anderson's a pretty uh, uh generic name, like uh, Mason was saying. So yeah. All
2: right, let's move on to question 3. Pretty simple. Who is the all-time leader in three-pointers made for the Chicago Bulls?
3: I feel pretty good about it because uh that was a team that I didn't really pay attention to, but my friend, he he's a dork and he finds any white, oh, excuse me. Sorry. He finds any any basketball player. I'll just say it anyway cuz who's white? And uh, and he like p- props him up just as a joke because normally they're not great. And I remember him talking about this dude all the time. So that's why I feel, you know.
4: So, uh, yeah, no, I think you're right with yours though.
3: All right, well, let's see if <laughs> let's see if my gut is uh, correct still. And uh, we can check in with that if you want.
2: Yep, I'm good. All right, once again, buys, tries, and pies checks in. Math Degrees and David Ortiz, talk it out.
1: Well, I just typed over to Mason. It's like, I'm trying to think of players, you know, from the last decade or so when three-pointers have just blown up i gotta imagine that yeah the problem is i'm
5: thinking of names
1: they haven't played long enough to be on that list and that's that's the thing is i'm trying to think guys who were on the bulls for long enough who were three-point shooters i just can't imagine jordan's at the top yeah i don't think it's jordan
5: i think probably him and pippen are going to be up there i just don't think that either of them are going to be the top
1: I would agree. I bet they're in the top five, but I yeah. don't think they're at the top, and I'm just trying to think other shooters. I'm trying to go through, like, those... What is it? Like, the, the t-
5: late 2000s Bulls, because that's when I first kind of... You know, I kept up with them a little bit, but I'm blanking on it right now.
1: Was Ben Gordon the shooting guard around that time?
5: He would, would he been a little bit earlier? He might have been a little earlier. I mean, he, that's a possibility.
1: I'm just, I'm just trying to come up with two guards, you know, you know, like if Kerr had played longer with him, I would have thought he could have been, but he just didn't have enough years with him. No, I don't know. I got nothing else. Yeah.
5: I, I like Ben Gordon out of all of the options that we had, but I,
1: I don't feel like that's right. They're missing somebody. I can't, I can't come up with anyone else. So if you can't, should we just go with Gordon? Yeah.
5: um, Yeah, that's fine.
1: All right. We're going to check in with Gordon
3: buys tries and pies what did you guys have this one uh, I was pretty happy that it stayed in Chicago I mean the whole um, you know the whole tailgate but um, I didn't really follow this team or this era I should say uh, I know in Bulls history you, you kind of want to go Kerr first but he, he just wasn't with the team that long uh, and I believe Jordan and Pippen are both above Kerr just for the sheer number of seasons that they played in Chicago but a friend of mine uh, loved this player um, he called him white chocolate. I know that's not his nickname. Um, but apparently his real nickname is captain Kirk. So we went with captain Kirk and the white chocolate factory man himself, uh, Kirk Heinrich.
2: Yeah, that's the one. One team receiving points. The correct answer is not white chocolate, but captain <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Heinrich. Now to your
1: credit, Ben Gordon is number two on that list. Hey, okay. Um, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I didn't even think when I went to the Steve Kerr. I didn't go, "Hey, the Bulls have had a string. They've had a string of white guy three point shooters." Right, and I thought, <laughs> and
2: in, did you guys hear Neil when they were talking out their
5: answer? Yeah, I heard that, but like, I t- it just never. Okay, I was wondering because he was. I thought like, was Steve Kerr, and I was like, that's the only one I can think of. He said white, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I I totally missed that." I heard it, but like I didn't register. <laughs> I didn't register anyone else. Other than I don't Steam think Garten. I would
1: have got to Kirk Heinrich. I his name just wasn't in there. Like as soon as you said Kirk, like it popped, but I wasn't right. going to get
2: there. But uh Heinrich, he he has like almost uh, like two hundred and eighty more than Ben Gordon. I mean, he obviously took a lot, but and and when he was drafted, what a great draft for whites because. uh <laughs> Uh, he was drafted in the top 10. Uh, Cam- Nick Collison was drafted uh, by Seattle and Seattle drafted another white Luke Ridenauer also in that first round. So, you know, from Oregon. Killing it. Yeah. It's the white chocolate factory. That's what I'm saying. That, yeah, that draft was, the, that draft was the white chocolate factory. Is this the
4: earliest we hit episode titles so far? Yeah. White chocolate factory or it was a great draft for whites. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
2: All right. Heading into the first quarter, we have a score of buys, Tries, and Pies with 20, and Math Degrees and David Ortiz also with 20.
0: Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash BenchwarmersTP. Thanks.
2: And today's first quarter will be The Odd One Out.
0: The Odd One Out. For this quarter, there will be five categorized questions containing lists of six items. The teams will attempt to choose the item from the list that does not fit the given category. Each question is worth 20 points.
2: Question one in Pac-12 Defensive Players of the Year in football. Steven Paella, Oregon State. Terrell Suggs, Arizona State. Danny Shelton, Washington, Adore Jackson, USC, Scooby Wright, Arizona, and Delta O'Neill from Cal. All
4: right, we're going to check in.
2: Pies, Tries, and Pies have checked in. Matt Degrees and David Ortiz, talk it out.
1: You said that, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Paella.
6: Paella? Mm, Tasty. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like the uh, dish, yeah. And uh, right were dominant for a decent period. Okay. They
5: had, they had like a they had like a year or two where they were pretty good. I know Paella was like – I think he was one of those workout warriors, if I remember correctly, as far as like doing pretty well afterward. But I don't know if I, – I, I, I'm going to assume they won defensive player of the year because, like I said, they had like one, maybe two years where they were really, really good.
1: Uh, to be honest with you at this point, um, I'm going to let you kind of reason out what you think is the best shot because – I don't have a strong feeling. Dory Jackson was a—he's
5: an electric punt returner as far a kick returner, and he played pretty decently at cornerback. So, okay. I don't know anything about Delta O'Neal. I've never heard that name before in my life, so i, I can't even give you anything on that. It—it uh, it, he goes back a little farther. Okay, that's why I—I kind of figured that. For me, I'm between Suggs and Shelton, and that's just kind of—I don't—I don't even know which way to go with that. I lean toward Shelton. Just because I don't remember him being great in college, and it's a Washington player, I. But I don't know how much that's going
1: to be, how much influence that you know actually has. I mean, I've looked at Suggs's page. Um, I I think I recall that he has that in his list of accomplishments. So I would lean Shelton. Okay. Yeah. that, that I mean, if you're telling me those are the two, that's where I would lean. My.
5: Best shot at this. I'm thinking of Shelton. I, I don't know why. Let's
1: go with it. And you know, we either get 20 points or we don't.
5: Yep. All right. We'll check
1: in with Danny Shelton.
2: Buys, tries and pies. What did you guys have?
4: Uh so every time, I don't know if it's just me or not, but anytime I hear um, you or when you guys were saying Stephen Pye, <laughs> all I thought was uh Costanza's mom. What am I going to do with all this paella? And it's the only thing that popped in my head <laughs> Sorry, every time you guys said it, it's immediately mm. her high pitched voice. Um, anyway, so I had it narrowed down to Shelton and O'Neill. Um, uh, I I hope I picked right. We went with Danny Shelton. I just flipped a coin in my head, and that's what I went with.
1: Could you have coins in your head too? Jeez. I mean, if
4: I if I need to, hard time getting through an airport. But
6: <laughs> <laughs> no
4: story on that. Anytime I go through the 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 uh, the thing where you put your hands up. Uh, it, like I, I learned that if you go to the bathroom too soon before going through one of those and not number one, number two, it sets the, the butt thing off.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> Swear to God. The sphincter <laughs> scanner, you mean? Or? But, yeah. Every time I go through that thing, like they come around, they like, point at the screen. They're like, uh, now gotta... I think you do it on purpose to get the extra caps. <laughs> I do. No, I do. <laughs> 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 you, Eric, you do know that you don't have to show them your butthole when you go through there. Though. Oh, <laughs> I just want to be thorough. <laughs> all right okay both teams are
2: receiving points the correct answer is Danny Shelton um so let's see let's run through this uh Delta O'Neill won in 99 and he was a corner first round pick of the Broncos I believe one of my favorite players I loved him uh Terrell Suggs in oh two when he set the record that still stands for sacks in a season with 24 uh paella in uh 2010 scooby wright in 14 and he beat out danny shelton and hauli kikaha who is also from washington and then in to- 2016 adore jackson uh so funny <laughs> mason you almost went for my bait i put shelton in there because i think he's recognizable as a first round pick so it might be easy to go huh okay well maybe he did because he was a first round pick so yep Uh, So nice job, guys. Did you put right on the list? Because in college, you had 14 Scooby sacks. (laughs) He was just he was just Mason said it exactly. He was Mm -hmm. one of those like try hard, like small but fast, you know, white linebackers that like just racks up. He would have like 160 plus tackles uh, and he did it for like four years. And so and then he went undrafted because he's not good. All right. Question number two. The top five goal scorers in Vancouver Canucks history. So we have Henrik Sedin, Stan Smittle, Daniel Sedin, Marcus Nasland, Pavel Bure,
4: and Trevor Linden. All right, we're we're gonna check in, Neil.
3: I have no idea on this question. I don't even know what a Canuck is, so I'm I'm happy to go with with your guess. Yeah, we're 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 good. Buys, tries, and pies have checked in.
2: Math degrees and David Ortiz talk it out.
1: I'm trying to think which Sidine was the more goal scorer. Do you think the answer is going to be one of those two? I don't know.
5: You think maybe it's a trick? Like one of them's on the top five and one of them isn't, kind of thing?
1: Maybe. Like my guess is Stan Smeal has to be one of the ones in there. <laughs> I mean, this would be the ultimate banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> I th- my guess is it's going to be one of the Sedin brothers. I'm just trying to think of which one. I think I think Daniel was the more prolific goal scorer, I think. Okay. So I would say, as a guess, Henrik Sedin would be my guess. Like, initially I was like, oh, both Sedins have to be up there. but And I think they would be if it was points. I think they're probably one, they might be one, two in points, maybe. But I don't know. That's my guess. I I don't have a ton of steam behind it other than that's where I think it might be. So yeah.
5: I was thinking of something similar just for a game theory standpoint. Yeah. But I mean I I don't have anything on that, so I'm good with whichever that's, you want to go that's with. That's the best
1: I have. So we'll 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 check in with Henrik Sedin.
2: Buys, tries, and pies or Eric, what did you have?
1: Um well pa- Pavel Bury's uh brother's Valerie
4: Bury and he she's he's married to uh Candace Cameron. Yeah, that's so true. that's probably yeah. Um, which actually in Neil's chat with us, Kirk Cameron's already come up once in our chat. So
3: yeah, while we're talking about all these questions, we're trying to save Christmas at the same time. So
4: yes, <laughs> <laughs> in a small town. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's I I knew it was one of the Sedin's right away. I knew one was more of a goal scorer than the other, and being an Avalanche fan, I hated both of them equally. Um, but it, it's definitely Henrik. Both teams receiving points. The
2: correct answer is Henrik Sedin. And Josh, you are absolutely right. When I looked at points and both Sedins were on there, and I was like, hmm, I'll go goals. And then I saw that Henrik was out, so that's what inspired the question. Daniel's number one, 393. Then Marcus Naslund, uh, 346. Trevor Linden, 318. Stan Smeal, 264. And Pavel Bore with 252. And Henrik Sedin is seventh on that list with 240. All right, let's move on to question three. Question three will be San Diego Padres career home run leaders. So this would be the top five. Tony Gwynn, Dave Winfield, Ryan Klesko, Nate Colbert, Phil Nevin, Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, All right, let's do it. All right, we'll check in. All right, buys, Tries, and Pies have checked in. Math Degrees and David Ortiz, talk it out.
1: So, Macy, you said your first thought is Klesko because he played for the Braves for a while? He was with for the Braves for a, a, a while. but Yeah, my brain initially goes, well, Tony Gwynn didn't hit very many home runs, but he played with them forever, and yeah. he probably hit enough to maybe. And I don't think of the Padres as being this team that's had a history of like just, power hitter after power hitter so yeah i'm fine with going with your initial gut instinct because i don't have a strong one on on this one at all so.
5: yeah i mean it's not very strong but that was just kind of like first instinct was that but i i couldn't even tell you for sure
1: let's just go with your first instinct because like i said i got that works just fine for me otherwise we could pick a couple of these other ones and but yeah i said let's go with it okay we'll check in with ryan klesko
2: all right, buys, tries, and pies. What did you guys have?
4: So I had it narrowed down to Gwynn and Klesko, kind of like almost the same exact reason um, why you guys did. I know Klesko came up with the Braves. Um, Gwynn wasn't really a home run guy. Shocked that he's even close to their list, I guess. Um, but Neil, push said, let's go Klesko over Gwynn. Um, he, he's he's onto your tricks, Marcus. So uh,
3: Yeah, I'm like uh, Chaz Palminteri in Night at the Roxbury. I know your tricks. You just grab my ass. sir from here that is a physical impossibility (laughs) (laughs) i told eric i was like i just think um gwen you know this is a franchise that isn't really known for power hitting more you know strategic uh technical hitting and i know you had gwen in there and i'm like that's got to be a trick because he must be up there why would you i don't know i just thought it was a trick so that's why i led eric astray
4: yeah and i i am shocked i did tell neil that uh, that ken came in and he's not on the list he's one of my favorite um Non White Sox players of all time for him to not be on there. I guess he wasn't there long enough. Um, but yeah, uh, we went with Ryan Klesko. Both teams are receiving points. The correct answer is
2: Ryan Klesko. Funny story, I almost put Caminetti on this list because he is seventh, but I thought that would be too much of a, oh, wait, Ken Caminetti. Like, that's a big a big name. So I went with Klesko and it turns out that's what got you guys to the answer.
1: So so I was going to say, Neil, a good thing you weren't, uh, you're not Chaz Palminteri from usual suspects because he definitely (laughs) wasn't onto it. He didn't quite, he was just a little bit behind every, every step. It's like, yeah, both
3: sides of the spectrum there for Chaz Palminteri.
2: Yeah, um, and I did pick this list because nobody is over two hundred home runs.
1: I was gonna say I wow. just don't
2: think of that team. As... Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. I, I. That's why I picked them because I was like, that really is wild. None. So not any of them over two. Not even close. Nate Colbert, one sixty three, is number one. Adrian Gonzalez, one sixty one, is number two. Phil Nevin, one fifty six, number three. Dave Winfield, one fifty four, at number four, and. Tony Gwynn at number five with 135, and Klesko was at 133. On to question four. Los Angeles Clippers top five blocks leaders. Benoit Benjamin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Kamen, Bob McAdoo, Michael Candy. Elton Brand. Question. Answer. Are we counting previous
4: teams?
2: Yes, it includes that team that when they weren't the Clippers.
4: Okay, all right. Yeah, Neil, then that's, I think, what I said originally.
2: I'm good to check in with that.
1: All
4: right, we're going to check in.
2: Once again, Vice, Fries, and Pies have checked in. Matt Degrees and David
1: Ortiz, you can talk it out. So, Mason, I think with, with that question that was just clarified. That's the Bob McAdoo situation. Um, and I was already leaning that I thought he probably was in the top five. Uh, like I said, I, my gut tells me Michael Candy, And once again, yeah. that could just be skewed from my thoughts of him from when he was a Timberwolf. And <laughs> that guy had way more interest in getting to the club than playing basketball.
5: Yeah, I don't think he was there long enough to get on that on top five. I don't think. All right.
1: Checked in with
5: Michael
2: Candy. Buys, tries and pies. What did you guys have? So once I got my
4: clarification um, of the former Buffalo Brave, uh, it's Michael Candy just made the most sense. Cayman had to have been up there. Um, Benjamin, all those guys. So we went with the Candyman. Both teams receiving points. It's the
2: Candyman. Never worked out. He is six on this list. 527. Bob McAdoo is five at 614. Kamen had 707. Brand 1,039, Benjamin 1177, and DeAndre Jordan number one with 1,277 blocks. Uh, Question five, most title fight knockdowns in UFC history. So this is men, and this means I'll give clarification to a knockdown meaning they struck an opponent and they fell to the ground. It's when they're vulnerable. It le- you know, sometimes guys miraculously recover, but these are times that they were struck and fell to the ground. These are the most knockdowns in UFC history. Cain Velasquez, Anderson Silva, Daniel Cormier, George St-Pierre, Conor McGregor, Chuck Liddell.
5: I think we have to pull out the D6, huh? <laughs> Maybe I think it's, I think it's time to pull it out. Pull the D six out.
1: I got one right here. D six. <laughs> yes. And it's probably not the right answer, but we're going to check in.
5: Hey, 16.66. This is a 6% chance. I'll take it.
1: That's what we're going with right there. Sure.
5: Sounds good. All
2: right. D six. I mean, math degrees <laughs> and David Ortiz have checked in.
3: Buys,
4: tries and pies. You guys can talk it out.
3: All right, so I don't uh, know too much about UFC. Uh, do you or
4: I, I, I mean all I know all the names. I know I think enough about them. Um Kane Velasquez has to be on there.
3: Uh, I would think Silva has to be, right? Isn't He like considered the best. No.
4: I he it was, I I don't know if he was so much of a striker as he was a maybe I'm wrong. He's the only one I'm not terribly familiar with um as far as watching.
3: As far as watching, okay. Um, Chuck Liddell uh, I don't really follow UFC I'm, I'm going to preface all of this Because I could just be spotting BS But um, when it started early on I mean it wasn't as uh, competitive And he knocked out like a ton of people So I'm just assuming that That would translate to knockdowns as well Because he was just you know Punching his way through everyone
4: Yeah he was Liddell was kind of The big name when I first started watching When him him and uh, Randy Couture mm. went, went against each other a bunch And I that I mean, the first, like, real probably pay-per-view I watched is when he knocked out Couture, like, seconds into the match, if I remember correct. Um, I feel like he would be on there. Conor McGregor is a big striker. Pierre.
3: Now, Cormier, or Cormier, however you say his name. Cormier, yeah. Is he the guy who is, like, a wrestling coach for his day job? Or am I thinking of a different guy? I don't know. Because I was watching, it was just on TV, and they—it was one of the big fights, and like his students were like cheering him on, like, "Oh, our coach is the greatest UFC fighter." If this is the guy I'm thinking of, and then he had a big fight, but he lost badly, and I just yeah. thought about all the kids at home probably just been like, "Oh man, our our teacher
1: stinks."
4: So he he is a wrestler, and the main reason I know this, bombek, I'm sorry, is from the UFC uh, video games. That,
1: that um, seems more legit to me than actually knowing it from because
4: anytime. Like you can create a a fighter and then like you're going up the ranks. And then anytime you fight Daniel Cormier and in the UFC video games, the ground game is just so random and just BS. Um, He he constantly takes you down immediately. And so that's why I think that, you know, him taking somebody down would be more his style than knocking them down.
3: I mean, I I like that logic because I, I always thought Anderson Silva was the dude who's like drop kicking people or, or whatever. And Cormier seems like a wrestler. So
4: yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot of Silva matches, so I, to him, I know who he is. I know that he's, you know, one of the greatest, but I've not seen a lot. And if I have seen a match of his, it's normally when he's getting embarrassed, which is why he's probably retiring.
3: So, mm. so do you want to go Cormier then, it sounds like? I think Cormier,
4: just basically based off the video game, that he just takes people down, like, immediately in the okay. fights.
3: So, All right, yeah, your video game knowledge is going to be better than my very bad UFC knowledge, so.
2: All right, checking in with Daniel Cormier. Matt Degrees and David Ortiz, what did D6 decide for you guys?
1: Well, before we get to the D6, we'll get there. But uh, when I asked the question, I said, are any of these guys submission guys? Because I thought, you know, submission guys probably aren't doing a lot of knockdowns. They're grabbing and getting them to the ground and making them tap out. And Mason was like, I have no idea. So at that point, neither of us had any idea who could possibly have been into that category. We pulled out D6, and D6 gave us a four, which is St. Pierre. So that's what we're checking in with.
2: One team is receiving points. Correct answer is Daniel Cormier. You're right. There's a reason Daniel Cormier takes down in that game all the time because he is more of a wrestler. Now, that being said, he does have quite a few knockouts, but knockouts aren't the same as knockdowns. This is just times that guys have been put on their backs, uh number one is anderson silva with 10 uh and neil you're right he kind of was like just so unorthodox he'd do all these weird things and just happen to catch guys and knock them out it was he was pretty crazy like initially and then you have chuck liddell with seven um and yeah there weren't <laughs> there weren't a lot of as technical of fighters as there are now so chuck liddell was just smashing people in the face uh george st pierre conor mcgregor and kane velasquez are all tied with six uh yeah so there's your uh ufc question by me
4: see video games help
2: (laughs) all right (laughs) after the first quarter we have a score of buys tries and pies with 120 and math degrees and david ortiz not too far behind with 100 today's second quarter will be fill the gaps
0: Fill the gaps. This quarter will consist of three questions with up to five pieces of missing information. The teams will attempt to fill in each piece of missing information. Each answer is worth 10 points.
2: Question one is about the most famous play in Seattle Mariners history, the double. In game five of the 1995 ALDS against the Yankees, Blank hit the game-winning double off of blank to score blank from third and blank all the way from first to send the Mariners to the ALCS. Blank didn't start the game but got the win despite giving up the lead in extra innings. All right,
5: Josh, you ready for this one? I was re-watching the Seattle Mariners thing today. So I'm let me get, let me get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I can get all five of these. Let me get there. there. Hold on. Dirty dog. I literally was watching. Who does research? No, I was (laughs) re-watching it because I really enjoy it. I was watching it and I watched this video. It's one of the
2: greatest baseball series of all time. i watched this video again. Let me, let me, let me get to it. I'll
1: let you, I'll let you have, it might be one of them. I'll let you have that. All
2: right. I think. All right. I think we're good. We'll check in. Matt Grease and David Ortiz
3: have checked in. Buys, tries, and pies. Talk it out. The first thing I said to Ede was just thinking of Mariners players. Cause I, I'm not as you know great with this, uh, but uh, that era, I actually did watch a lot. I was a big uh, Cleveland fan. I still kind of am, but I just don't really follow it as much anymore. Anyway, that whole late nineties, um, I did follow quite a bit and I know the Mariners, you know, the first two I thought of were Edgar Martinez and Ken Griffey jr. And I was thinking Edgar Martinez would have been batting cleanup over. Ken Griffey jr. So we kind of uh, collectively thought it was probably Edgar Martinez batting right Eric?
4: Yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Martinez with the hit. And if you look, if we go backwards on the order, Griffey would have been before him. So possibly on first. Um, and then I know uh, white Sox second baseman, uh, Joey Cora went to Seattle. That was his first year in Seattle after leaving Chicago. Um, he would have probably been in the top of the order somewhere, either one or two, probably two. Um, so he may have been on third.
3: Okay. And with the pitcher, I first, I said R- Rivera or yeah, Rivera, but I, I knew you said that it wouldn't have been it's him. kind of early
4: for him. Yeah. It's kind of, I know um, he, he may, it may have been his first year or maybe 96 was his first year, but I know it's still kind of early for him before he was really that guy.
3: Well, there is a pitcher I was thinking of. Um, like I said, I was really into Cleveland that era. There was a guy who, came from the Yankees the, the next year when they made another, I think, playoff run. Um, I don't remember his name. I know he had, he had like a, uh, your generic goatee. And he always looked to me like Kevin Nash with like short hair. And I can't think of his name. It was, I want to say it was like Scottish. So he was, so he was small, sexy, small, he was small, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> he was Scottish or he was like an Irish sounding name, but he was like a skinny, skinny white guy with a goat. Go- I tee. got,
4: I got you. Thank you. I got it. It's Jack McDowell.
3: That's it. That's him. Yeah. It's Jack Mc... <laughs> off of that description. That is so <laughs> disgusting. That, that you is,
4: just got that off that of is you
2: exactly who him. he's
3: describing. Oh my God. That's definitely um, him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know so, if he was the pitcher though, to, to be honest. I just well, he was a pitcher I knew that went to the Yankees or that so, went to the Cleveland after. So what what happens is um game five would have been, you know.
4: If they didn't start that game, just normally the fifth starter would have started game five. Um, so the aces would have been on plenty of rest and in an extra innings game, they would bring them in normally. I know Mark Burley did it a couple times um, for the White Sox in like the later series. Um, so it makes me think, you know, where he puts, didn't start the game, but got the win despite giving up extra in, in- a run would be Randy Johnson for the Mariners. Okay. All right, and then Jack McDowell would be the Yankees. I believe he was the Yankees ace that year. I could be wrong. So we can go with Edgar Martinez, mm-hmm. and then the double off of that would be McDowell to okay. score Cora from third and Griffey from first, and then Randy Johnson didn't start the game but got the win. I'm going We'll, with che- that. we'll check in with that.
2: Okay, Math Degrees and
5: David Ortiz, what did you guys have? I had to get through them all, but, yeah, basically Eric described it that I think they were the game three starters, and they both came in in relief. I want to say they both pitched, like, three innings at least. Like, they both went for a while. Um, The only one I struggled with was who scored off of third, and I don't know why, but when I, when I was watching this, the name reminded me of uh, – Another player that was at the time, later manager, uh, Alex Cora. And I don't know why. I was like, maybe they're related, maybe they're not. I had no idea. Um, so, I think that's kind of where that connection went. But we went with uh, Edgar Martinez, McDowell, Cora, Griffey Jr., and Randy Johnson. Both
2: teams receiving full points. That, yeah, you guys nailed it. Uh, yeah, the it's the play that saved baseball in Seattle, if that yeah. I mean, they came down da- back from like with only a few weeks left. They were down like t- something crazy, like t- like eighteen games or something ridiculous, and they just slowly made their way back. They had a one game playoff with uh, the California Angels, and then this was to advance to the NLCS, where they get slapped around by Cleveland, and that was sad. But this is like the iconic play of of my childhood. Is remembering exactly this play. So yep. yeah. The correct answers, uh, Yankees, uh, yep, yeah, it was Edgar Martinez off of Jack McDowell to score Cora from third and Griffey all the way from first. And Randy Johnson pitched three innings in relief <laughs> because, yeah,
4: it's do or die, win or go home. So, yep. And it was uh, Jack McDowell is uh, White Sox great as well. That's So I think that oh, was – Oh, that's
3: that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So when you when yeah. you said his name, I'm just like, he played for the Yankees. I didn't know – where he went after that but (laughs) let's move on to question two which is about
2: the beast quake (laughs) all right I gotta go (laughs) and I did this before I knew you're on Mason so this is gonna bring up bad memories but go ahead it is all right Marshawn Lynch gets the hand off and appears to be stuffed at the line of scrimmage after he breaks free he splits defensive tackle blank and free safety blank. <laughs> cornerback blank attempts to drag him down from behind, and then fellow cornerback blank gets thrown to the ground before defensive end blank makes the last ditch dive at Lynch's legs. He scampers his way the rest of the way to the end zone before jumping backwards. Hold my
5: dick. So I got to name the five defenders. This is going to be oh, super getting, easy for Mason getting oh,
2: tossed around the, the okay, it's the greatest play in NFL history.
4: All right. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to check in
2: buys tries and pies have checked in
5: math degrees and David Ortiz talk it out. I've it's painful. Cause I'm missing the, the DN that's opposite Will Smith. And I don't know which D tackle it is. It's either Remy Idell or Cedric Ellis because those were the two starters at defensive tackle. They were there for, they were both there for a few years. I just don't know which one it is. I'm pretty, I feel, I'm feeling better about the other three now that I'm kind of trying to have my recollection of it.
1: So the two that I had in my head were the sharper and Porter, and Porter was the one who got trucked.
5: Yeah. And I mean, cornerbacks. I, I'm pretty sure it was Jabari Greer. The only other option would have been Patrick Robinson. Greer In this first step. familiar
1: to me. I but yeah, you know. yeah.
5: I'm pretty. Jabari Greer was their other good corner for the so, D tackle. I'm leaning leaning towards Iadell, but that's just he. had some way more obscure name than Cedric Ellis, I would think. So that's why. It's I mean, kind Ellis
1: of, is the name that like I'm not even sure I know Ayadell, I, I but. Like if if you made me pick one, I'd pick Ellis, but that's not. I have no real reason for that other than it's a name I've heard.
5: Yeah, and the defensive end, I just don't remember who it is. I I probably just go Will Smith for that, even though I don't think it's him. It's the other one, but that's the only DN that I can think of at the time. Yeah, I guess we'll just another three. We're fine with. So I guess we'll go ahead if you're good with everything, because I I I don't think any other thing is going to get me the other name. So.
1: You're feeling, if you're feeling good with the, or feeling you have an inkling on that first one of the two D-tackles, I got no issues.
5: Okay. So we'll go ahead and check in with idel Sharper, Greer, Porter, and Smith. Buys, tries, and pies, what did you guys have?
4: I could not really picture anybody specifically in the play. Um, so just based on positions is how I attack this. Defensive tackle would have been Ellis. Uh, Free safety, I believe, was Sharper that year. Um, Then we had cornerbacks Greer and Porter in that order. And then defensive end, the only one I could think of was uh, Will Smith. So both teams are receiving points.
1: (laughs) Yay. I was
5: hoping so.
2: (laughs) The defensive tackle was Remy Ayadell. The free safety was Darren Sharper. The first corner was Jabari Greer. The corner, uh, the second corner was Tracy Porter. And the defensive end was Alex Brown. Oh, wow. Florida Gator Alex Brown. How long did he play there? I don't even remember that name. I thought he played there for a couple of
3: years. Bears Alex Brown? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. See, the only reason I, I told Eric, I was like, I don't really know this play, obviously, and I don't know the players, but I knew... Tracy Porter from eating Turkey with Jay Cutler and Michelle Tafoya on the Thanksgiving game against <laughs> green Bay. I knew he was on the saints. So I was like, was he on this defense? So,
2: so uh yeah. So Matt Hasselbeck at the end of that play, he basically blocked Alex Brown and almost making the tackle. They definitely could have called a block in the back on that. I don't, I mean, it's the quarterback, so they're never going to do that, but <laughs> he like basically forearm shoves him almost into the tackle. So. Yep. Mason, I'm sorry I had to do that to you. So on that, uh, buys Tries and Pies gets 30 and math degrees and David Ortiz got 40. I don't mind having to recall those bad memories to gain 10 points on them. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Question three is in the 1985 NFC Championship game. Because a lot of people focus on that 85 Bears team and the Super Bowl. But the NFC Championship game, loved it. So, the Chicago Bears defeated blank 24-0 to advance to the Super Bowl advance to Super Bowl 20. Jim McMahon scored twice, once on a touchdown run and again in the third quarter on a TD pass to blank. The vaunted Bears defense held blank to 46 yards rushing and put the icing on the cake when blank sacked Dieter Brock and Blank scooped it up and went 52 yards
5: for a touchdown. This is the second question in this round where I've actually seen a video about this recently, but it wasn't this play. Yeah. What? It wasn't this play. It was about the 85 <laughs> Bears, but it wasn't this play at all. So <laughs> I
2: was like, I was like, what, what are no. you doing? No. I'm going to start looking around.
5: Like, no, I, it's about something <laughs> off of that, but not exactly. All right, let's go with it. Okay. So you guys are checking in?
4: Oh, yeah, I guess so. We're going to check in.
5: All right, buys,
2: Tries, and Pies have checked in. Matt degrees and David Ortiz talk it out.
1: Well, we feel good with it being the Rams. Yeah.
5: Dieter Brock had like his one year wonder with them. Yeah. Around that time. So, yeah.
1: And uh, Galt, Willie Galt um, would be the wide receiver. And I think it's got to be Dickerson. It's got to be Dickerson for running back. So then it's the sack and the scoop. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that Dent would be the one to get the sack.
5: Yeah. So to clarify on the video, it was about Richard Dent threatening to boycott the Super Bowl to get a contract extension or like a bigger contract. And so I want to say that he had a sack in that game and it was referenced in the video like and, you know, he wasn't getting any leverage. So he's like, I'm going to sit out. He was threatening to. It didn't happen, obviously, but he was threatening to because of that in his previous performances. So then the question is, who scooped it? Yeah. And I mean. I would think it's probably going to be. I would think it would be a linebacker, but that, I don't. that's
1: where my thought was as a linebacker. Um, but I can't, you know, other than Singletary, Singletary I, I don't know who else their other linebackers were. Yeah, the only other guy on defense
5: that wasn't a lineman would have been Leslie Frazier, but I doubt it was him. So I mean, we can go with
1: Singletary. I, I can't, since I can't think of any other linebackers. I'm fine with that. Um, so we're saying Rams, Galt, Dickerson, Dent, Singletary
2: right? Yep.
1: All right. Sounds good. Check that in
2: buys, tries and pies. What did you guys have?
3: Yeah, we were talking back and forth and, um, I know this team pretty well. I was born this year. Um, or I should say a year, I was a year old when they, they won the Super Bowl, So, uh, the 86 season playoffs. Uh, but yeah, we, um, we concur on a lot of it. Uh, and just to confirm, we said it was the Rams we said it was Galt, uh, Dickerson dent was the one who, uh, the fumble had the sack, and Marshall was who scooped it up. Both
2: teams are receiving points. The Chicago Bears defeated the LA Rams. The touchdown pass was to Willie Galt. Eric Dickerson uh, was held to 46 rushing yards. Richard Dent sacked Dieter Brock, and Mason, I got to be honest, I left Dieter Brock in there because I thought that wouldn't be much of a hint.
5: That's what because, gave me the Rams because that's, honestly that's what-
2: how I, okay, well, there you go <laughs> because I, I only know Dieter Brock because of this um, <laughs> or yeah, because of this game and Wilbur Marshall scooped hmm. it up and went 52 yards for a touchdown. We have uh buys, tries and pies with getting 50 on that and Matthew degrees and David Ortiz picking up 40. Yeah, they they shut out they shut out the Rams 24 nothing, they shut out the Giants uh 20 or 21 nothing and then obviously they gave up 10 to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But uh yeah, I mean it was just complete complete dominance and it started snowing like right as it happened, so there's a cool video of like a close-up shot and the ball comes out and then you just see Wilbur Marshall pick it up and there's snow like slowly falling. It's pretty it's pretty cool. So
3: and Marshall, I believe too, also was a um, Washington football team member, and their Super Bowl as well, like a year or two later, right? Yeah, he had yeah.
2: he. If you watch some of like, if you were to just pick up like a compilation of like quarterbacks getting absolutely killed, like in that era, Wilbur Marshall has like four or five of those, hmm. just like complete like crown of the helmet like death shots, and you're like, oh boy, <laughs> hope he's okay. <laughs> so after the second quarter. The lead has not changed. The scores have. buys, Tries, and Pies have 250. And Math Degrees and David Ortiz with 230. We're holding in
1: there. We're holding yeah. our own. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely. only
5: because it was things that i had either seen or lived through i'm uh, I'm, yeah. I'm
1: nervous as we head into halftime with you got mason man.
4: halftime's not his uh thing with with yeah.
1: mason it's not usually super strong on the halftime i'm sorry and ne- no no it's okay but then we also have neil on the other side yeah. so i'm i'm really nervous how the half yeah
5: my cultural illiteracy combined with neil on the other side it's not gonna i don't <laughs> think it's gonna turn out well and that brings us to halftime
0: It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth twenty points. Question one in halftime:
2: What former NBA champion played the bespectacled tech expert opposite Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys, um, Bad Boys, and Bad Boys Two?
3: We can check in. <laughs>
1: Holy <laughs> shnikes. I don't didn't even, even have to. I didn't write sentence. it down yet. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'll
5: post it here.
1: This is All what right, I write was things talking about.
5: This is what I was talking about. Yep. That, and this is where it ends. I'm going to go upstairs. Neil, you got this?
4: Yeah, sure. All right. It's bathroom break for me.
1: Uh, wow. Listen, oh. I was on that
4: home court advantage game. I... Me too.
1: Wow.
2: I, uh... It made. It made writing halftime very difficult because i was like what do i how can i how
1: oh geez if you're going to try to trip him up then we're really screwed yeah. i don't think you're
2: really <laughs> no i think i gave up on that because oh, i was yeah. trying really hard <laughs> and then i was like you know what i'll just make these what i think is gettable
1: <laughs> god i haven't seen these movies in like forever i haven't seen them well if that, you might what? already know what I, come on I, honestly
4: it's not a shock that mason said it but i'll tell you right now i've not seen them either
6: what? Ooh, <laughs> no. wow.
3: Oh, no. you don't know about Mike Lowry?
4: Movie. No, Mike Lowry. I'm, I'm... I want to say I like three Martin Lawrence movies, and one's Big okay. Mama's House and Blue one's Streak. Blue Streak, yeah. yes, blue... I love Blue <laughs> yes. Streak. As I say, that's one. That's one of them. Get him with then... the eyes
2: moved. <laughs> 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 Buys tries and ties have checked in. Matthew Degrees and David Ortiz, you can talk
1: it out. So I think so. Bad Boys was mid '90s, the first one. So if he does was bes- in both of these movies, it would have been somebody who was a champ before the mid nineties. Does
5: Probably. the spectacle, does the spectacled have any kind of? as I- a hard word to say. Apparently, have any kind of clue? Like, is it someone maybe a NBA player that maybe wore
1: glasses? Like, I mean, James Worthy, but I just don't think he ever got into <laughs> acting. That's not a. I don't recall him like. I, I'm trying to think if there were other guys.
5: I mean, I might be leading you down a completely wrong path here. I was just, I, well, wondering no. I that's... mean, I
1: that you would think that might be a clue, but um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wore goggles, but I don't remember. I don't remember him being in. I feel like I would know. Of course, <laughs> yeah. I
5: Horace Grant. <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
1: Let's just pick a player
5: that maybe wore glasses, maybe not, but.
1: Well, one who, like, we could go Kareem. I don't think he was in it, but he wore goggles and he and even did acting. So sure. I, I don't recall him being in them, but let's just check in with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
2: his tries, and pies.
3: What did you guys
4: have? I didn't have anything.
3: <laughs> knew this one right away. <laughs> uh Love the bad boys films, the bad boys universe, whatever you want to call it. This person, I really enjoyed uh, probably the year after he did this cameo uh, when he starred alongside uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Eddie about the Knicks, which is a fun 90s basketball movie. Uh, And it makes sense that they would have included him in Bad Boys taking place in Miami because uh, he was uh, on the heat, I think, the year or two before this movie came out. And we went with John Sally.
2: (laughs) One team receiving points. The correct answer is john sally i thought you were gonna say bad boys because he was on the bad boys pistons I, I
1: don't think i would have necessarily even gotten although he has done more yeah he's done other uh, acting stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't think i would have gotten there though i just that's fair but yeah he
2: just looked goofy being six you know almost seven feet tall wearing these Gigantic glasses. They like had them with a yeah. the coke bottle. So,
1: so it just was about the role. It had nothing to do. No, John I was Sally really, was I was player. really
2: hoping, I was really hoping you guys didn't get stuck on
1: that. I'm saying We here got like, stuck please on Please don't. It. Please well, because we had don't. nothing else to grab onto, yeah. right? So I was like maybe yeah. that was a, a clue. So, yeah,
2: I just meant in the movie he had these big. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's yeah. that was where Mason was yeah. like, maybe that's not anything to do. It's not a clue right. other than yeah. <laughs> um,
5: I have okay.
2: anything better. All right, let's move on to question two. What is the name of Shaquille O'Neal's first studio album that dis- that was certified platinum despite mixed reviews?
3: Are you looking for his first studio album or the one that first went The up?
2: first studio album, which was
3: certified which platinum. Which was. Okay, yeah, we can sorry. check in, uh, Eric. Oh, oh wow. Jeez. <laughs> I had all of his albums, so we can check in. <laughs> Perfect. Wow.
4: He's got his discography. All
3: right.
2: <laughs> buys, Tries, and Pies. Once again, in two seconds, have checked in. Math Degrees and David Ortiz, you can talk it out.
5: I, uh, I don't know much about Shaq's music career.
1: I want to wow. say that I think the only one I know might be the first one. I think that was Shaq Diesel sure i couldn't tell you i didn't even know if he necessarily had more than one to be honest with you i in that I, th- I could be i wrong. think he probably had a couple that, that that's the only thing that comes to mind sure it couldn't uh, You know, i i like it was good that the clarification came that it was his first and did go platinum because if it, if it had not been the first that went platinum uh i didn't had to maybe try to come up with another name i don't know so all right we're gonna check in with Shaq diesel Okay. And Buys, Tries, and Pies, what did you guys have? I enjoyed the
3: pairing of uh, Shaq Fu, The Return, along with the video game, Shaq Fu Better, uh, that came out around the same time. Uh, but uh, yeah, I knew this one right away. He had all of his albums. uh so Shaq Diesel.
1: You had all his albums? <laughs> I was a fan.
3: I used to. So here's the thing. I used to have his albums. I played the video game. And then my favorite pair of shoes to play basketball in were his Reeboks that had like the... Uh, Hyp- hypnosis looking design Dam- on. Uh,
2: Damian Lillard just played in a in a, a pair that were inspired by that
4: um, it, yeah it was a Gnosis yeah. or something like that yeah, yeah I used to wear
2: those all the time so, so I, d- I both-, <laughs> both teams are receiving points the correct answer is Shaq Diesel and he had four studio albums mm-hmm. love you it can't stop the rain is one you can't and, stop uh, the rain r-e-i-g-n uh you said Shaq food to return Yep. And then the last one was Respect. Respect, yeah, yeah, right. Yep.
1: Well, thank goodness I've heard of one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good thing. <laughs> That's, so. I, I think I've heard on... of Shaq Fu, but... I, I, I feel like I have, but... Have, I wouldn't have ever been able to come up with that, but...
3: It was a video game on Sega that was really good, Shaq Fu. Was. I mean, it wasn't gr- really good, it was just fun, because it was Shaq, you know, beating up people, so...
2: Let's move on to question three. In Jerry Maguire, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, Rod Tidwell, war number 85... What real-life receiver and two-time Pro Bowler was wearing 85 at the time for the real Arizona Cardinals and had footage used of him throughout the movie? We can get chicken. Oh, oh
3: boy. Oh, good. I'm glad you picked up that. I knew the movie references. but You don't
5: get extra points for getting it quickly. No, you don't. (laughs) But once again, apparently
2: I'm just softballing these in for them. Buys, tries, and pies have checked in. Matt Degrees and David Ortiz, you can talk it out.
5: I feel the same way.
1: So once again, we're in the
5: mid-90s. Right. We have a time frame. So So now
1: receivers for the Cardinals. I don't I can't even name a one. Mid-90s. Two-time Pro
5: Bowler, so it's a decent player, you know. It's
1: real life two-time Pro Bowler wearing 85.
5: It, well, it might not be a Pro Bowler with the team because says wearing eighty-five at the time for the Cardinals. So maybe it's a Pro Bowler for a different team that was right.
1: But he was wearing eighty-five. I'm trying to think of receivers for the Cardinals in the mid '90s. My
5: Cardinals receivers knowledge starts in the 2000s, so I I couldn't even think of one then.
1: Okay, the only name that's coming to mind. For mid '90s wide receivers, I think he was decent. I don't know if he wore '85. Was Rob Moore?
5: Okay, never heard that name before.
1: He was a wide receiver for the Cardinals in somewhere around the mid '90s.
5: Okay, that at least fits the time.
1: I can't. I mean, I don't know if he's the right guy or not. I don't know if he wore '85, but that's the best I'm gonna get you. And obviously, it sounds like that's more than you've got. So
5: yeah. I, I don't have any 90s right. Cardinal wide receivers. So if you got one, I'm willing to, I get, to I follow you with it. All
1: right. We're going to check in with Rob Moore.
2: And
4: buys, Tries, and Pies, what did you guys have? Um, You can tell me a position and a number and a team from the 90s, and I can tell you exactly who it is. 85 for the Cardinals, mid-90s is Rob Moore.
1: Oh thank God!
4: Both teams are receiving <laughs> the points. The one freaking name I could compare.
2: <laughs> the correct answer is Rob Moore. You were day. Dig- I could see you. I could see the wheels turning.
1: Well, because I'm like I, I definitely was paying attention. I was just like, and he was decent. He was a, he was yeah. their receiver who was worth the. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's uh, uh, I believe Maguire Jerry Maguire came out in '96, and the very next year. Uh, Rob Moore had his best year, 97 catches, 1,584 yards, and eight touchdowns. He was an all-pro. Now, uh, Mason, you were right, too. Rob Moore uh, also had some decent years for the Jets. So he had one Pro Bowl with the Cardinals, which was that 97 season, and then he had a, a year with the Jets uh, where he was a Pro Bowler also. So, yeah, uh, Rob Moore, he was also um, one of the football players. I mean, he didn't have a defined role in the, the longest yard. And he's the receivers coach for the Tennessee Titans. Let's move on to question four. In the South Park episode entitled Stanley's Cup, Stan is forced to coach a pee-wee hockey team with a terminally ill player. They are set to play during second intermission of the Colorado Avalanche game, but the other team doesn't show. What NHL team do the Avs graciously allow the kids to play against?
5: take took my headphones like, off because I have nothing. I, when he said in the South Park, that's when I took it off. Never seen an episode before,
1: ever.
2: Oh, no, Mason, come on.
5: I have not it just
1: didn't interest in. me. I have not seen any since season well. four or five, and this could have been back then. I don't remember.
5: Um, well, we just pick an NHL team not named the Avalanche, and we're good.
4: We can sh- we can check in.
5: <laughs> of course. You sp- you spent 10 seconds on this question? I'm surprised. at avalanche in it.
3: Well, it's funny. I, I told Eric in the chat uh, that I didn't know the last this last one or the one currently, and so he got both of those right away, and I got the other two. So we're playing pretty even, which makes me feel good at least. So, It's, uh, it's
6: by,
4: South Park and Avalanche or not? No. Uh,
2: yeah, Buys, Tries, and Pies have checked in. Math Degrees and David Ortiz, you can talk it out.
1: So no, I, I think we're just going to be guessing. Uh, yeah, uh, let's pick, let's uh, pick a team, team that's not the Knights. Um, <laughs> We'll check in with the Vancouver Canucks because, yeah.
2: Okay. pies, Tries, and Pies, what did you guys have?
4: So this is actually I love this episode. Um, if Fucker. the team doesn't show up, so the Avalanche are gracious um, and let the, the Pee Wee team play the third period for them Um against the Detroit Red Wings, which is a big rival of the Avalanche or was at the time, so.
2: One team receiving points. The correct answer is the Detroit Red Wings and the Red Wings proceed to beat the absolute (laughs) hell out of these little kids, like slam them into the boards. Like you see blood everywhere. Like they just kill them. And I think they showed the final score was 32 to two. And then the, the Red Wings like play, get played off to, we are the champions and they're all celebrating as they just beat a bunch of little kids. And then the terminally ill kid dies. (laughs)
5: <laughs> That's the end of the episode. <laughs> that sounds less than entertaining. Oh my god I love that show. And so he they die? they just they just w- was rip this off
1: after Kenny was done dying all the time.
2: Yeah. Oh well, Kenny. No, I mean he dies was, occasionally. This was season ten, but uh, yeah, basically this kid this kid's got uh, he's terminally ill and stands coaching this team. And every time they play a game, like, the the outcome of the game affects his health. Oh, and so one game they tie, and the doctor's like, I don't know what's going on. This cancer seems to be tied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, they rip off uh, Mighty Ducks because uh, Stan gets his bike towed, and the only way to get it back is to uh, coach a hockey team. So, that, yeah, great that episode. Ref-
1: that reference lost on me.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) anyways, let's move on to question five. In 1991, what NFL team used the Hammer song Too Legit to Quit as their unofficial theme song, with Hammer appearing on the sideline throughout the season and team cheerleaders, players, and even the head coach appearing in the music video?
4: We can check in.
1: Oh, God.
5: I feel like we might be, honestly. Huh? I actually think I might know this. Uh, I so, think
1: uh, all right, I'll, let, I'll
5: let Marcus say what he's got to say. Right, yep, yep, yep,
2: yep, yep. buys tries and pies have checked in math degrees and David Ortiz. You can talk it out.
5: I'm pretty sure he wears a Falcons Jersey in the music video.
1: I think you're right. I think we, we maybe have had something that was adjacent to this question at one point. This sounds familiar. Like we've had a discussion about it at some point that's um,
5: not where i know this from but yeah i i think we have had this discussion yeah
1: this. I, I i think yeah i think it's the
5: the only question i've had anything on for this halftime so at least oh, it, on this is all one. you yeah. mason Hey, answer. i i remember watching part of the music video and seeing the jersey so we're gonna check in with the atlanta falcons
2: and bias tries and pies what did you guys have
4: um, I actually did ask a question about this previously, asking what coach appeared in the video. Mm. And it's Jerry Glanville of the Atlanta Falcons.
1: I wish I knew that. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Letting us have some points. He's okay. <laughs> and actually Mason didn't even have it from that. So, right. So both teams
2: are receiving points. The correct answer is the Atlanta Falcons. There was a bunch of athletes in this music video, though. Uh Roger Clemens, Jose Consteco, um, Ronnie Lott, and Roger Craig playing for the Raiders are in this video, which is pretty weird to say out loud. But uh yeah. So he released this music video and there's like a regular version, and then there's like a movie, like Michael Jackson style movie version that's like 15 minutes long, and I wasted 15 minutes of my life watching it yesterday. <laughs> James is it Kirby in Puckett
1: in, in there too? For yeah, Josh? Kirby
2: Puckett is yeah. not <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a. I gotta go back and watch
1: it now.
2: Yeah, it's it's so long. At the beginning, there's a bunch of actors. It's all, you know, Hammer quit the business. Oh my gosh!
4: And it's so ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous. Was that, one? Was that extended one? The one with like the 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 news reporters? Yeah. And, like, re- and it's yeah. G- it's
2: Jim Belushi is the yes. is the music or is the reporter? Yeah. It's so weird. And then you get a gratuitous uh, manthong groin shot of MC Hammer working out in like a dark room, and I'm like, oh, why are they doing this? <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> after halftime. We have a score of buys, Tries and Pies with 350 and Math Degrees and David Ortiz with 290.
0: And now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question.
2: Question one in the missing link. What man never won a NASCAR Cup Series race, but was the patriarch of a racing dynasty, and is credited as the first man to understand and use tire stagger?
4: You know what, Neil? Yeah, just for the the sheer not. I don't want to have to talk this out.
3: Yeah, yeah, because so, I, I I would sound like an idiot. Yeah, uh, same.
4: So we're All gonna right. check in.
3: Great. <laughs> wow. All right.
2: Buys, <laughs> tries, and pies have checked in. Math Degrees and David Ortiz. You can talk it out.
5: Uh, great. I don't have much <laughs> on this. That's NASCAR. exactly what we're avoiding. Yeah. I, I didn't even type anything because I don't – okay. I don't know. So,
1: I'm not going to get. Uh, so a patriarch of a racing Wait, dynasty. That. That's did, the only way I'm thinking about to go about this.
5: How many racing dynasties are there in NASCAR? I mean, I know there's a – That's a good question. I can't even like think of one cementing it for sure. As far as like
1: never won a NASCAR series race. So is that somebody who actually was a racer or I mean, like Joe Gibbs has a racing team. I don't know if that would, if they would be considered a dynasty. I don't know if they've, I don't know if. Well, patriarch implies
5: like there's a, there's sons that would.
1: Oh, good point. Good point
5: be racers like that's what i would think by racing dynasty it's like this yeah. is a father whose sons mm, i don't know maybe oh, grandsons God. i don't know how far this would go but you know that and I, i'm kind of thinking in that direction maybe it's not someone who's raced but someone who's like you know what man. it's like a coach kind of thing or like has a team but never race themselves yeah and I've never heard of tire stacker.
1: No, that's, that's not going to get me there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think of. So if, if we're thinking families. There's the wall trips. Yeah, that's the one that comes right to mind. So Earnhardt won't. That fits the patriarch card, but it's, yeah, obviously not.
5: <laughs> um, um, who else? Isn't there like a set of brothers? currently or recently i'm blanking on it right now but oh aren't there multiple wall trip like i don't know i'm going through people that are racing now and seeing if there's a father oh, like, that i like could...
1: current ones yeah that's not getting me anywhere yeah i, I, I don't know yeah i'd i have no idea I'm just blanking How on successful were the wall trips were they pretty I mean would they be they considered both, a dynasty they both, I would maybe their so. maybe their father is the one who I don't yeah
5: I, I mean I'm fine with that because at least we have a pair of successful brothers all right
1: so we're gonna that, check in with wall trip and yeah because I don't Diego's, know his dad their dad's uh, name uh, that, <laughs> that.
5: I'm not gonna I'm not going to venture a guess on the I'm first name. not yeah so we'll so check we, in
1: with wall trip
5: okay buys
4: tries and pies what did you guys have I knew of one driver to never win a NASCAR race. Um, and that is Dick Trickle. Neither team is receiving points. Shocker.
2: Shocker. Right. <laughs> um, Mason, you said could be a father and then even or a son and then a grandson. This the correct answer is Ralph Earnhardt.
1: Oh, wow. Oh
5: that's okay.
1: Oh, okay. So,
2: Ralph Earnhardt, he had uh, zero, like I said, he had zero NASCAR wins, like wins, but he had 16 top tens, and he had over 350 wins in different series, just no Cup Series wins. And then the tire stagger, it's basically when you have different size tires to help enable you to turn, you know, quicker. Hmm. Or, or turn better on the track so you have different circumference of tires. And he oh. died of a heart attack in the kitchen working on a carburetor when he was 45 oh. years old. Oh,
1: yep. yeah, I did not know there was a third generation of Earnhardt in.
2: I didn't either until yeah, I wrote this
1: question. <laughs> well, I'm glad that the other team didn't have that either. So at least he
3: had the exact same conversation it was like, Waltrip and Earnhardt, that's all we had. And then we said, Trickle and Cole Trickle from Days of Thunder. You're like, ah, oh, let's just answer it.
1: Well, so. oh, you are right. I mean, uh, Dick Trickle did not win a race, right? Yeah. Oh, it's...
3: But it's suicide too. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Oh,
1: geez, thanks for uh, bringing it down.
3: Well, well, well. Yeah, you have to stagger those references. <laughs>
1: oh, sorry. So they don't hit <laughs> as hard. I'll
2: tell you later. Okay, so so far, so far, our theme linked answer is Ralph Earnhardt. Nailed it. All right, question two. What player set the Super Bowl record for receiving yards only for it to be broken the following year? Don't worry, though. He still holds the record for most receiving yards in a quarter.
4: We're going to check in.
2: Pies, tries, and pies have checked in. Math Degrees and David Ortiz, you can talk it out.
1: We're going to grant that Rice is the current leader. And I'm
5: thinking it's the Cincinnati Super Bowl he did that in. I'd not a hundred, but I think that's the one.
1: Okay. So if it was the Cincy one, then the year before was Washington over Denver.
5: Right, which was the which I'm which we both agree is the, the one where Timmy Smith ran wild.
1: Yeah, where he went went two hundred plus, right?
5: Right. So the question was, is what why receiver was on that team that would have went wild in addition to him because he would have had to get a sizable number to have the record.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so who was Doug Williams throwing the ball to? That's a great question. So we're saying this was the 88, no, the 87 season, which was the 88 Jane or January, February super. Bowl, right. Right. Honestly, couldn't tell you anybody. I'm just catching pass for him. I'm sure. I, I know I have the name somewhere in here. I just don't know if I'm going to get to it. They had a receiver who was with them for like, he was, was a long stretch guy who was with him like before and even after this i just can't think of his name right now you know if he played anywhere else besides Washington? right off right off hand i don't you know like most players he very well could have you know bounced finished around. up a career somewhere else or but no i don't think this guy bounced around a lot he'll steal his brain for the theme and i'm trying to order sushi yeah, I'm, I'm not even to the point of even thinking about freaking theme yet. I got to come up with a name. I don't think I'm gonna get it. I mean, I'd, as soon as I hear it, I'm gonna be like, "Yep, that's it." But I, I can't. I can't find it. I can't. I don't. I don't have it. We we might even be in, in the weeds if we pick the wrong Super Bowl. Honestly, well, that is true. That is true. I mean It wouldn't surprise me if it's this one uh, because had, it was a, Williams it was had a, a p- really. He had a big game too. Right, yeah.
5: So it makes sense. That there's one receiver that was torching him, but I just, I, I can't remember it. And I've seen the highlights from this game. I just don't remember. Yeah, I just can't. Who was catching the passes?
1: No, I'm in that same boat with you. That, like I said, I'm sure that the name as soon as we hear it, it's gonna, or as soon as I hear it, at least you, I, don't know. I, I got, I can't, do, I, I don't have it. Do we play a
5: last name game? Sure. Take a, res- a good wide receiver last name. I mean, we already have star players with generic last names such as Smith and Williams. It would not surprise me if this guy's last name is generic too. You can go Johnson.
1: <laughs> i got nothing
5: else. Okay. Uh, let's just go ahead and check in with Johnson. Maybe it hits.
2: Okay. Hey, buys, tries, and pies. What did you guys have?
4: Um, I'm pretty sure that their three receivers were Art Monk, clark and ricky sanders and i think it was ricky sanders that went off that game
2: one team is getting points the correct answer is ricky sanders sanders uh had 193 yards receiving and two touchdowns which again you you were right rice has the record with 210 the following year and but uh sanders still has the record for one quarter which is 168 yards Wow. I don't think anybody's going to touch that because he had two long touchdowns. So your theme link answers so far are Ralph Earnhardt and Ricky Sanders. All right, let's move on to question three. Who is the number seven overall pick in the 93 NBA draft whose career lasted only six seasons, but was almost cut even shorter by a car accident in his rookie season.
4: All right, we're going to check in.
2: Pies, Tries, and Pies have checked in.
1: Math degrees and David Ortiz, you can talk it out. So I think I'm almost certain that this is Bobby Hurley. Okay. Um, I vaguely recognize the name. He played at Duke, I do believe, I think. So if you're cool with that.
5: Yeah, that's fine. We can check in with that. That's only I didn't have anything, so if you feel Uh, good about that, then.
1: Yes. So we are going to check in with Bobby Hurley. And uh, buys, tries, and pies. What did you guys have?
4: Yeah, that was the uh Weber Penny Hardaway draft. Um Hurley, I believe, went seventh to the uh Kings. So we went with Bobby Hurley. Both teams
2: receiving points. The correct answer is Bobby <laughs> Hurley. Uh yep, former Blue Devil and uh now current coach of the Arizona State. Sun Devils.
4: Coached and, UB for a second.
2: Yeah. And he's still, oh God, the NCAA's all time assist leader. Sorry. I lost it there for a second. All right. And our theme linked answers are Ralph Earnhardt, Ricky Sanders, and Bobby Hurley. Okay. Let's move on to question four. What one time All Star and three time gold lover? He's never known as a great hitter, but in 2002 became the first player in nine years to hit four home runs in the same game.
1: All right, we're going to check in.
3: Math Degrees and David Ortiz have checked in. Buys, Tries, and Pies, you can talk it out. So we think we figured out the themes. So we're trying to fit our answer into the theme, right, Eric?
4: Yeah, but I don't think...
3: Well, I think we have some names here. I think we should bring it right back where we started from um, to the beginning.
4: Without giving away too much of our theme idea, because I don't know if they have it or or not. So my initial guess was Mike Cameron, but I don't...
3: And was he a Mariners player, you said?
4: I think he was for a minute, right?
3: Yeah, that's just my game theory kind of coming um, in.
4: But I recently just asked a question about him, and it didn't... Like, And I read his like history, and I don't remember anything about four home runs in a game.
3: Hmm. I mean, that would have been... What do you see? Marcus said 2002. Um, not
4: a big hitter. There's not much to latch to. That could be anybody. Unless that, I know of.
3: Was he known as like a stand-up guy maybe? And that's like part of the reasoning of like, you know, he wasn't a huge hitter like this, just a like kind of a solid player. And then it was like a big deal or.
4: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean... it
3: it fits our theme and okay. I, I do like the theme. I think, I think we got it. I mean, I feel confident about it. So I, I'm fine going with it, at least because it fits. But
4: yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I'm gonna come up with. There's a couple other names that popped in my head, but I don't know. It'd be more of a guess, and it doesn't fit the theme. That's why I was second guessing our theme for a second. So okay, another name. I mean, like I know um, Fernando Tatis had a big home run game, but I don't think he had four. I thought maybe it was three, um, but that doesn't fit our theme. And then I think Sean Green had a big home run game. Not sure if it was four or not. Maybe it was only three. Um, And that time frame fits too, but again, doesn't fit our theme. So if we're going strictly on theme, I say we go with Mike Cameron.
2: I'm good with that. Let's check it in. All right. Math degrees and David Ortiz. What did you guys have?
1: Uh, Yeah, we, uh, so I thought there was not too long, ago was either a five on five or a list one where there was gold glove Mariners players. So, and working off of the theme we were working with, we also are checking in with Mike Cameron. Both teams
2: are receiving points. The correct answer is Mike Cameron. Uh, Cameron on, where was it? Uh, I believe it's, it was May 2nd, 2002. I believe they were playing Chicago, the Chicago White Sox, I think. And he hit four, and uh, in his fifth at bat, he hit one to the warning track, and it looked good off the bat, and <laughs> we all thought he hit number five. But before that, the player who did it nine years before him was one of my favorite players of all time. Hard-hitting Mark Witten did it for <laughs> the St. Louis Cardinals, and about three weeks later, Sean Green did it for the Dodgers.
4: So, so it was four for him, All right. Yes,
2: it was four for him. All right, and so our theme-linked answers are Ralph Earnhardt, Ricky Sanders, Bobby Hurley, and Mike Cameron. All right, let's move on to question five. This man was drafted eighth overall in 1981 and was named to the NFL's 100th anniversary all-time team and is one of two players to be named a first-team All-Pro at two separate defensive positions. Who is it? Who is, the, who is it? Who the
1: is it? Yeah, that's what I that's what I say, Josh.
5: Yeah, I sent yeah. that right. Let's oh we, I
1: didn't it. see that you put it after the other yeah. one you had sent.
4: Yeah. we checked in.
1: Oh yeah, all right.
2: Buys, well. <laughs> tries and pies have checked in. Matthew We're going for a record. Ortiz. <laughs>
1: Talk it out. Uh, well, we both agree. We think this is Ronnie Lott. Right?
5: Uh, yeah, if it fits, I mean, I would consider him to be on that 100th anniversary all-time team. Oh, and, no doubt. And then two separate positions. I could definitely see that.
1: I'm guessing he probably was DB and then maybe shifted to safety later in his career.
5: Yeah. So I, and that's about the time he would have been drafted. 81 makes sense. Yeah,
1: it's, it's that's right in that time frame. So we're going to check in with Ronnie Lott.
5: All right. And buys, tries, and pies. What did you
4: guys have? Go ahead, Neil. That was you.
3: Yeah, it fit our theme, Um, and uh, we had to include uh, Ronald uh, Mandel-Lott, so we went Ronnie-Lott.
2: Both teams receiving points. The correct answer is Ronnie-Lott. All right, buys, tries, and pies. I need you to resubmit a theme. Resubmit? Yeah.
4: We weren't right?
3: No. Really? Really. Oh, my God. Wait, Wait, what what did you submit, though, officially? Did I need more? I can give more. You
1: guys can talk it out at this point, I think. Yeah, okay. you guys can talk it out. Okay, so did you, you. what
3: did you submit then? You just said Bell Bivedou, right?
1: Yeah, like, okay, I well, assume that was
3: the well, first I, okay. names. Oh, no, I thought it's, it's a song. It's Word to the Mother. Bell Biv it's a song that has their names in it. The, the names in it. Ricky, Ralph, if we want to go official. Word to the Mother. Okay. Yeah, so it, the, it, the title of a Bell Biv song, Word to the Mother, all the names are in the title. If you're cool with that. Um yeah. If that's
4: yeah, that's fine.
2: Okay. Okay. So you both submitted after the third question, and I just asked you guys to resubmit. That is not correct. However, math degrees and David Ortiz did have the correct theme. Those are all the members of New Edition. Oh biv debo split off of New Edition. And that yeah. was Michael Bivin's uh Ronnie DeVoe and uh,
5: Ricky Bell.
0: Yes.
2: And then, but, but Bobby Brown was, uh, he split off a new edition uh, before that went solo and then Ralph, Ralph and Ralph Tresband Tresband. was was the lead singer of new edition.
3: So wait, it was word to the mother. Was that their album with the names in it? Or am Um, I thinking of the song? They did it a lot. Okay.
2: In like a bunch of songs, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky and Mike.
3: yeah. 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 Oh, yeah man
4: because i have those lyrics in my head like ronnie about Va- like bell biv devoe like that's in my head like they say all the names and they're like bell biv devoe after it it's bell biv devoe is not all of them i am fact checking bell biv devoe is
1: three-fifths of uh...
2: <laughs> exactly of new oh versions. i'm sure but i'm just saying
1: there's a song <laughs> that's not the theme i know i'm just i'm not saying i'm not arguing <laughs> that me, the answer is right need, or wrong we need all the help with points we can get <laughs> at the end of the third
2: quarter we have a lead change. Math Degrees and David Ortiz with 450. And Buys, Tries, and Pies with 430.
1: How sad is it that we needed 100 points to take a 20-point <laughs> lead? Yeah. And them to get zero on it. That's what We required that to get the lead.
2: And that brings us to the fourth quarter.
0: The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up, This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total.
2: And the categories for today are as follows. Tragical history. What did the five fingers say to the face? Missed it by that much. Who? And the long, long ball tragical history is the nfl what did the five fingers say to the face is pro wrestling missed it by that much is the nfl who is the nba and the long ball is major league baseball it is now time for the teams to place their wagers and now that the wagers are in on to the question question one in tragical history The 1996 NFL draft is one of the best drafts in history. At the wide receiver position, there were 26 combined Pro Bowls by all players selected that position. And at middle linebacker, there were seven players drafted that would each reach a Pro Bowl. But what truly makes this draft unique? We're going to check in. Math degrees and David Ortiz, talk
1: it out. I think this draft, and maybe even the next, this was not a great quarterback. Like for a couple of years, I think there was a really not great quarterbacks i think
5: yeah so i i like your idea of you know
1: i'm not sure at first i'm not sure a quarterback was taken in the first round
5: yeah i like that i also i don't know if you saw what i just sent because the question mentions pro bowls twice so is this the only class to not have a pro Bowl quarterback is it that because i mean he like i said it mentions pro bowl twice in the question so i feel like it's kind of hinting us in that direction Like I said, I just threw that there because it's mentioned twice in the question. Otherwise
1: I. That's all. I mean, that's what I have. I don't know. I have no idea about pro bowls. I get what you're saying about that. It was is two parts of that question. I don't know. know. Which, what do you, which one do you want to go with?
5: Well, I I said, I'm leaning the pro bowl direction, but I'm fine if you feel better about first round quarterback. I mean, if I'm just worried, there's like an older draft that might've not had a first round quarterback kind of thing. Like you know, back in the day kind of thing.
1: We're just going to check in. Like okay, that's fine. We wagered 100
4: points. Pies, Tries, and Pies, what did you have? Uh, Yeah, we went with the same thing. Just um, I know there was no quarterback draft in the first round that year, and that's what we went with. We wagered 100 points.
2: Both teams getting points. The correct answer, it's the last draft to have no quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Question two in What Did the Five Fingers Say to the Face? The Dark Side of the Ring is an amazing documentary series about some of the most tragic stories in the history of pro wrestling. One particular episode focused on 2020 reporter John Stossel writing an expose on the wrestling business. What wrestler ruined his promising career by slapping Stossel to the ground twice?
5: We're going
4: to check in.
2: Buys, Tries, and Pies have checked in. Math Degrees and David Ortiz, you can talk it out.
5: The only thing I know, I've heard of John Stossel otherwise this question means nothing to me um
1: in, in the end i'm not sure i'm gonna have a name of somebody who didn't become something uh, yeah yeah um, that's a... i mean if you're talking the 80s i i could list a whole bunch of names that are names and so i don't i don't have anything on this one i don't, you know do a lucky something but i yeah I'd... I, I i just haven't i haven't seen this documentary which I think I kind of want to now because it sounds yeah.
3: pretty good. Dark Side of the Ring, every one of them I've seen has been great. We really need to see a uh, Stossel versus Selleck, Dawn of Mustache <laughs>
5: match. Yeah. Let's guess a last name. A good wrestling last name.
1: I have a hard time coming up with good wrestling <laughs> last names that aren't actual good wrestlers. Yeah, that's,
5: a, that's the problem. Because we're naming someone who wasn't well, or was a promising wrestler and then Flamed out because of this. I, I have nothing.
1: I mean, less, less the, than The, the Gagne is from the 80s from AWA, but that was a father and son who were both pretty successful. So, but uh, maybe they're related have to Eric Gagne, any chance? I don't think so. But <laughs> it could, could be. Could be.
5: Though. Uh, I've never heard of them, but.
1: But that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, we could pick Smith, you know, uh, that's worked sure. once before for me. So. Yeah. Hey, it. All right, should we check in with a lucky Smith for 11 points? Yeah. All right, that's what we're checking in with.
2: Buys, tries, and pies, what did you guys have?
4: Yeah, I love the uh, the dark side of the ring. Um, I don't know the first name. I just, the last name Schultz popped in my head. Neil confirmed it. We're going to go with Schultz for 100 points.
2: One team is receiving points. The correct answer is Dr. D, a.k.a. David Schultz. Mm-hmm. Uh, die, yeah he was like the top heel in the company at the time and was buddies with Hogan and basically Stossel found an indie wrestler to show him how it all works like in the ring. And then he went to a WWF show, you know, on, under different guys and Vince McMahon to kind of scare him said, I'm going to send this guy. Cause he was basically like a, you know, live the gimmick, you know, he was a bad guy. So he acted like that way all the time. And Stossel said, well, I think it's fake. And then Schultz, bam, left hand slapped him to the ground. And he got up and he was like, that was the mistake that I made is that I got up. And then he slapped him again to the ground. <laughs> and so Vince McMahon told him he'd have his back no matter what. And he didn't, fired him. And then a couple of years later, Vince McMahon himself was the one who kind of pulled the curtain back and said, this is sports entertainment
3: and not an actual sport. <laughs> So, and that was all because of David Schultz. Wow. I'm glad you said the name, Eric, because I, I couldn't remember his last name. I just knew he had ramen hair. And I yes. I knew I could picture him. <laughs> I just could think of his name. So, yeah, you he even- JT
2: here before JT. <laughs> so we have a lead change. Uh, buys, Tries, and Pies is now at 630. And Math Degrees and David Ortiz is at 539. Let's move on to question three and Missed It By That Much. The River City Relay is the play in 2003 where the New Orleans Saints executed three laterals on the last playoff play of regulation to potentially tie the game versus Jacksonville, only to have the extra point missed. Everyone remembers John Carney missing that extra point, but who scored that potentially tying touchdown? We'll check in. Matt Degrees and David Ortiz has checked in. Buys, tries, and pies. You can talk it out. Okay, so
3: we're looking for... a saint who would have a scored saint. a touchdown.
4: It was a wide receiver. Um, okay, and this
3: was '03. I'm trying to. I don't. I don't even know if I know anything about the '03 Saints, but. Oh uh, crap! What's his name? I'm. I'm just thinking of of receivers in the last like five years. I don't know if I can go far that far back.
4: It wasn't Joe Horn. It was Joe Horn and Deuce McAllister was the running back. It's in there. It's in there. <laughs> oh, I think Dante
3: Stallworth was there. Did he do it? No. Oh, he's from that era. Yeah, Dante Stallworth.
4: I think it was like a, one of their, maybe like a third wide receiver. Oh, man, I feel bad. No, it's in there. I, I've, I've seen this play a hundred times. It's like one of those videos that pops up, like if you go on Facebook and look at old NFL stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, the last minute plays for every team or like last minute touchdowns, and this one's always one of them.
3: So they um, lost to the Jaguars. Who 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 ended up going to the Super Bowl that year? The Jaguars? Is that the one where the, the Patriots? No, this this was
4: this was this wasn't a playoff game. I think it was to get into the playoffs maybe yeah it was, um it was it was they needed to win it to get yeah they had oh, to win did, out i'm pretty sure and then this was the, the game. jaguars though yeah the, no this was against the jaguars oh it was okay. okay yeah um and then they there was this last minute like just mayhem play and they actually scored on it and they're like everyone's freaking out all they need is the extra point to go to overtime and then they missed the extra point
3: Oh uh, yeah let well, that, that scars me yeah with a couple <laughs> going so I know that pain. Um, um,
4: third, third, third wide receiver. So there's
3: Sage, Joe Horn,
4: Dante Stallworth, and this guy. This guy. <laughs> this
6: is,
4: this is the, Marcus, it, it, this is you again. This is, it was the sa- same thing happened before, is when you asked that bullet Bob question, I had everything about the dude. I just couldn't remember his damn name. <laughs> ah, crap. Um,
3: who Who's the receiver they have now? no he hasn't been around that long um thomas right he hasn't been around michael that long. thomas
4: no 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 okay no. this is anybody that's
3: played there would 18 be 18 year veteran michael yeah. <laughs> <He's> just coming <laughs> into his own the <laughs> man is old as a young adult uh, yeah or his kids playing has been that old um let's go with this is this is happening all over again i hate this
4: you can't name a saint from anybody. It doesn't even have to be a wide receiver. Start any saints.
3: Uh, I only know like two from. Uh, you said Dante Stallworth. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a. Dude you got named, spotted
5: John Carney. There's
3: a dude named Fred uh, something. Okay. Fred.
4: Fred, it Fred something. Actually, it, no. It is. It's Fred. 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 Um. I don't even know you saw. talking about. Fr- Fred McAfee. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Fred McAfee. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's that a guy. Name. Um. What's the name of the the Bears had a uh, running backs coach? Um, not, not this guy. I'm trying to yeah, had the same name, though. Uh, hold on. Was he from Ohio State? Uh, now he's I think he's with the Rams. Deuce Staley was their dude named Deuce, right?
4: Deuce McAllister was a running back. Yeah.
3: Okay. Okay. I, apparently, I know two Saints running backs from 2003, but I can't name anyone <laughs> else. So uh, All right. All right.
4: Um, I know his numbers. His number was 80. Why can't I see his name?
3: Oh, okay. 80 makes me think of uh, I know Emmanuel Sanders wasn't on the Saints
6: oh they they,
4: no he was 84 michael lewis was on that team crap i have everybody but him this is riveting i know so just give me a second um riveting
3: river city relay well if we go through the jackson five you had you said michael yep are there any other guys on that team that will help your brain michael
4: go through them all start throwing first names
3: michael tito jermaine
4: uh wait jermaine
3: well, Jermaine Jackson. I don't yeah, know. no, no, I know, and that's. I don't know if there's a guy on the Saints named Jermaine. Um, maybe the entire Jackson Five was on the Saints that we didn't know about. <laughs> I think I got it. I feel it's bad Jer- that I.
4: No, 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 no. no I, I got it. It's Jerome Payton. I don't. It's yes. It's it. We're checked in with Jerome Payton for hundred points.
1: I knew that I was gonna get him there.
5: math degrees and David Ortiz. What did you guys have? That is agonizing. It's oh, Aaron Brooks it's to infuri- Dante Stallworth to Michael Lewis to Deuce McAllister across the field to Jerome Payton oh, for hundred
1: points. It's
5: infuriating. That is when you said Jermaine, I knew he was going to oh, get it. As off soon of as you said name the Jackson Five,
3: I, I knew, knew he when he got to it.
1: Jermaine, he was going to get, get it. there. Yep, that, that is agonizing.
3: So that's so dumb. That's I would be so. I would be annoyed being on the other side. I was just making
1: jokes. So it, uh, well, guess what? You're correct. You sh- you would be annoyed being yeah. on the other side.
4: Scott saying to me once, and I got an answer. All right, and it had nothing to do with the question.
2: So it. All right. Both teams getting points. The correct answer: Washington Husky, great. Jerome Paython. I didn't know he went there. And Mason, yeah, Mason laid it out perfectly. Stallworth. Lewis McAllister and then Jerome Paython diving in the right corner of the end zone about the most notable thing he did with his career yeah let's say drafted drafted by the Colts originally he
5: was number 80 right right 80 He's number 80. He yes, is. He I was like, he's getting there. He he's number 80. I'm like, Neil, oh, he's getting there already.
2: <laughs> Neil making a joke about the Jackson Five got <laughs> in there is ridiculous.
5: It was Jacksonville, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Michael Lewis got, a, got us out of there.
2: I thought you were going to l- check in with Michael Lewis. And I was like, I was okay, hoping
5: he would. he would. I was like, it's I like almost
2: did.
3: yeah, I was just going to tell you to say Michael Lewis. And I was like, oh, I'll make a Jackson five joke. And uh.
2: hey, it worked out for you. <laughs> OK, let's move on to question number four. In Who? What player was selected in the second round of the 2009 NBA draft, only played three seasons in the NBA, and then another four overseas, but when he graduated was the Pac-12's all-time leading rebounder? Note, this record does not include stats prior to 85-86 because of inaccuracies. So before you go looking stuff up, tell me that's not true.
3: Eric, I will say we talked about New Edition. We talked about Bill Biv the Jackson 5. I don't have any other boy bands, I think, that can help you on this question because I'm out of my element. So we're going to check. check in.
2: Buys, Tries, and Pies have checked in. Math Degrees and David Ortiz. You can talk it out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're just... Uh, you just, guys just uh,
2: wanted to draw this out. Yeah, yeah give um,
1: a little tension to... Uh, yeah. All right. Cause, so Because you're very well-schooled
2: in Pac-12 rebounding.
1: Uh, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. All right, so what Washington Husky are we going with? I don't know if I could tell you a Washington Husky who <laughs> yeah. uh, got drafted in 09 I can think of some guys around then, but not.
5: No, I mean, no. uh,
1: I'm just curious if in the end this is going to be a, a truly categorized properly for me to say to lift my mug. I feel, I feel like it is. Afterwards. This is- I agree with you. I think this is a DJ Cooper situation. I just don't know. It's
5: it's it's related it's, to the uh, Bob McAdoo situation
1: that we talked about. It's <laughs> almost it's almost a DJ Cooper. This guy actually went to a major, like a you know, a, a major university. Ohio's yeah, no. not a major school. No. Don't say anything.
5: Either. No. Don't say
1: anything. No. no they're they're When it comes to basketball, they are not a. No, they're it's not. not a,
5: it's not a power six. It's
1: not a power. Four. Right. Power five. It's power
5: six, I think, for basketball because they include what the Big East and don't they include the Big East with that? I thought they did. There was a team. Are you disparaging Pac-12 basketball like this? No, no,
1: no, 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 I'm no. Saying I'm saying that they, oh, guy Washington, played for a legit... This guy is. Oh,
2: I thought you were trying to say that the Pac-12, you were like, no, that's No, no, no. True. We're no, saying like... Ohio oh.
1: University. <laughs> no. So the DJ Cooper, who didn't uh, get drafted at all, was he's more probably, obscure.
4: He's probably like the greatest
1: college basketball player of all time. I, I offered up um, Johnny McRebound face, or if we think he went to Washington, Johnny McHusky face. Those are my defaults. I just default to the Bodie McBoat face place. I think Unless this you want to prob- actually give an actual
5: last name. Um. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to get close to. It. I really think this is probably Washington Husky, because otherwise, I don't know how Marcus would like automatically know who the the Pac-12 leading rebounder was that got drafted in the second round, oh nine.
1: All right. Or should I, I we go say, with Johnny McHusky face? Sure. Let's go with that. All, All right. right. We're going to check in with Johnny McCuskey face for, sadly, 100 points.
2: And buys,
3: tries, and pies. What did you guys check in with? Go ahead, Neil. <laughs> so first I said uh, maybe it's Dennis Rodman's alter ego who rebounds only overseas, Darnold Rodmond. Um <laughs> but we didn't think he had a good college career. And and we went with a steel side bottom from the Collingwood Magpies, American cousin, uh, silk front top.
1: How many points did you guys wager for that one? Uh, For a hundred points, unfortunately.
3: No, fortunately, this is is good.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. So I, that was my big surprise was that both of you wagered a hundred points when I was telling you just, Begging you not to wager on this. Uh, when did well, you A
1: question? Because of the who? Because of the who? Oh, because I think right. well, you you'd take it. You you take had a you had a professional <laughs> one in there, so we that we had to go low on that That's one. That's fair.
2: That's fair. <laughs> all right. I wish we had called him Johnny McRebound Face, but his name was John. The oh, correct answer is John Brockman. <laughs> hi
1: josh i don't Did, i don't it, no it, it, don't even you don't like tell me who so it rings a slight bell is what I, you're saying Josh? I, it, could. Brockman. Wow. It, it, it doesn't seem so out there that but then again maybe
2: so john brockman went to snohomish high school which was a team that we played against a lot uh as, when i was in high school
1: do you say it's snohomish
2: snohomish no machine. So, so we heckled him so bad before a game his senior year because he was a McDonald's All American. Like, he did every I he he was originally everybody thought he was going to go to Duke because, uh, of course, Mike Krzyzewski is going to pick an undersized four white guy. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, we were heckling him, just saying whatever we could. And then I think he went for 45 and 24, I think, against us. Oof. Um, Yeah, so he was like a 6'7 power forward, started from the true freshman. So he played all four years and ended as the Pac 12's all time leading rebounder. And they made a big deal about it. And then I was like looking up because I knew that I knew I wanted to ask that eventually. And then I looked it up and it was like, well, uh, before like 85, 86, they're like, nah, the records are a little wishy washy because I'm like, that guy rebounded more than Kareem. I don't know about that, but apparently that's why.
1: Well, Kareem only got to play what three seasons? Because the freshmen had their own other team because they yeah, couldn't play as a freshman. That's true. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, good point though. I would think yeah. even in three seasons. <laughs> right. You, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I was like, <laughs> when they said
2: that, like I remember when it happened because they made a again made a huge deal of it, and I was just like, really?
1: <laughs> Little short Rockman
2: heading into the final question. Here we go. We made it barely. In the long, long ball. In 1993, Ken Griffey Jr. tied the major league record for home runs in consecutive games with eight. He tied Don Mattingly, who did it in 1987, but who accomplished the feat first? He did it in 1956 and is also the only left handed player to play catcher in the live ball era.
4: We're
1: going to check in. in.
2: Math agrees and David Ortiz have checked in. Buys tries and pies. You can talk it out.
4: Old timey baseball. <laughs> Love it. How did I, Marcus? Your favorite. <laughs> this is Eric's Willhouse. I like I always wager low on baseball questions, but I didn't think Marcus would do this to me. Old, old, old baseball.
3: This was tough. Yeah, we were just talking about. What position left-handed? And I was saying, you know, traditionally I had a coach who said the best first basemen are left-handed because of the way that they can throw right back to the plate if they need to. And then they can hold their glove out during a uh, steal attempts or whatever, but uh pickoffs. And then I was just trying to think of left-handed first baseman. And like, I, I don't know if Hank Aaron was left-handed or we said Stan Musial, Stan Musial, Musial. Oh my God, I can't say it today. Anyway, sorry, Stan. Um, And then Yogi Berra, I know he was mostly a catcher, though. I don't know if he ever played first base, but
4: yeah. So we're going to go with um, steel side bottom, second cousin, Um, copper oblique basement. (laughs) Uh, For how many points? Uh, 30.
2: (laughs) Let me get this right. Uh, You checked in with copper oblique basement? Yeah. All right. And math degrees in David Ortiz, what did you guys have?
1: Not a much better answer. Um, we kind of went down that same route. It was like, okay, since we know he wasn't a regular catcher, we're like, okay, left-handers play first base or outfield. And I was like, okay, first baseman is probably, like, that feels like, okay, if you're going to move someone to catcher, maybe a first baseman. And then Mason asked the question is, how many left-handed first basemen from 1956 could I name? And I determined the answer to that was zero. Um, <laughs> So, and then I looked back at my notes and I saw that the title was called the long, long ball. And I just was like, could there be something with that name? Could this person's last name be long? I don't know anybody, a baseball player who has that last name, but it's not a far-fetched possibility. So we're hoping with lots of hope, a ton of hope.
0: Crossing and our fingers
1: here. That Marcus was maybe trying to be clever with the category name, and we're going to check in with Long for 100 points.
2: One team is receiving points. What? Oh. They got it right. <laughs> Copper Oblique Basement? Copper Oblique Basement. <laughs> no, the correct answer is Dale Long. Wow. You cool. picked it
5: up. Good job, Josh.
1: Uh, I don't deserve wow. a good job.
5: <laughs> I mean, but still. Dale Long. Oh, by
2: the
1: way. Um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Dale, Dale Long had one all-star uh, year, and that was 1956 when you hit home runs in eight straight games. That tends to happen. Um, he did play first base. <laughs> Um, yeah. And he just kind of had a, I mean, he had a journeyman career, but I mean, he hit decent. He just, yeah, he was just a guy. And of his record, he said, eh, somebody will break it. And then when I'm gone, nobody will remember me, but, uh, nobody's broken it. So, and yet
4: no one remembers him. <laughs> <and> still <laughs>
2: nobody because everybody remembers Griffey. And I, at least I thought everybody remembered Mattingly as well. The game has come to an end. And here are the final scores. Buys, Tries, and Pies finishes with 600 points. And our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted Michael Bishop Award, with 639 points, is Math Degrees and David Ortiz.
6: Hey,
1: Well played. Uh, uh, that, that, that was just... <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I threw a dart I wasn't even looking at the board I, just,
2: I have no idea Alright, uh, we'll start with our guest Neil. Neil, is there anything you want to say Before we get out of here or plug Go for it
3: well, I'm going to Thank- plug something <laughs> Thank you uh, for having me here as always. Uh, looking forward to maybe returning one day to host a game and uh, see how hard the questions can be as this is not my my forte, but I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Feel free to check out Triviality. Uh, we're on all your favorite podcast apps uh, at Triviality Pod on social media. Uh, and also I had a, a huge, um, great, wonderful time and, and honor to uh, help out with the Benchies, which would have aired at this point already. So um hopefully that will continue and I hope everyone enjoyed uh, all the great work the guys put into it because I think it, uh, it turned out to be awesome so thank you very much um, for having me here and keep up the great work I'm listening every week and you guys keep putting out an awesome program so thank you appreciate that Eric you got anything
4: this hurts l- more than my back injury <laughs> last weekend <laughs> yikes um
2: the back and forth of Jerome Pathon, followed by this, is just, uh, man, yeah. pretty awesome.
4: Now, now, every time I listen to that one Bell Biv DeVoe song, I'm gonna hear all their damn names. I'm gonna punch a wall.
2: We got a new Now I want to get, yeah. Now I want to get a new edition cameo. I wonder if they'd all do it. They would I'm all They would love to do it. They
4: need money. They need your help. So let's take a minute. Um, no, Bobby. Guys... Bobby got Whitney's money, so he's oh, good. Yeah, he's fine. But um let's start a GoFundMe for the rest of the boys of New Edition. All right. <laughs> okay, Mason and Josh, what do you guys have?
5: Anything? What would
2: you like to say? I,
5: Mason? I, this is a whirlwind fourth quarter. Um, I I don't know how we made it through that, considering like we didn't have the only one we had a clue on was the one that was directly in my wheelhouse otherwise i had very little on any of it and somehow we came out with a win so i i, I don't know what else to say it was, it was a ride for sure
1: josh yeah that that's crazy um i mean don't get me wrong i'm going to take the w when i get them but um Marcus, I loved I loved your uh, Missing Link. That was awesome. Um, you know, that hit me right in the right spot. Getting a guy who's got a little more years on him. Um, I, was, I was so excited about it. And then
2: I was so excited that I couldn't help myself. And I told Scott because we were already in a regular conversation. And then he got put on the next episode. So that was supposed to be on my last game. And
4: I had to write a different one because I was like, oh, oh man. You know, <laughs> ki- kids, when, when your host does you dirty like this, <laughs> meth no. Don't no meth do No, math. no. Come on, guys. it's good for your teeth.
2: Remember, no. your, Remember no, what I said.
4: The
1: exact opposite.
2: It's hey, not I just teeth. I last time I was on, I gave a perfectly good uh, alternative, which is gambling on sports. So do that instead. Just whatever roll. money you can scrounge up, just gamble it away on oh. nonsense like first five innings of baseball games like I definitely probably bathroom. aren't doing.
1: No, no, not. No, <laughs>
4: no. All right. <laughs> or huff. Yeah. Let's just do this. No.
1: Huffing is an alternative to no. math. It's cheaper.
4: Your parents probably have paint in the garage. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Man, I got to like mute him here I'm, shortly. Hey, I gotta. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. With that, Don't do math. Gamble on sports. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the
4: bench warm. I mean, next time. I mean, it's a new year. It's a new drug. So huffing. Let's go to huffing. No, ride your huffy. Don't right. Don't huff. Ride (laughs) your huffy while. I mean, you get that nice benefits of huffing you have like that paint on your face after you're all done because it squirts out a little bit so it's like gold lipstick it's like your, what's that what's that macaulay culkin movie
3: party monster
4: there it is same thing you want to be like macaulay culkin Huff. i thought you were going gold uh,
2: dust hey if i if i'll give if i can get brenda's song i'll do all sorts of dirty stuff oh, all geez. right
1: bye <laughs> and we're out You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at benchwarmers TP. Oh boy. I'm
4: still <laughs> waiting for the I'm still waiting for the, the sexy reading by Dan for this.
1: <laughs> fill those. the gaps. Just go ahead and fill those gaps. So this is the first time I'm actually playing this style of round, and sorry, Mason. I've played it before. I'm not going to be great. Well, it's fine. We'll figure it out. (laughs) We'll we'll do it together. (laughs)
6: We'll
5: we'll fill those gaps together. together. (laughs) Goodness. Okay,
4: let's write that one down. (laughs)
6: We'll
2: fill those gaps. It's called a train,
4: gentlemen.
6: (laughs) (laughs) regret life decisions there.